Hi, my name's Clayton, and you're listening to the Isaiah 43 podcast, where we explore how God has formed us, redeemed us, and how He calls us today. Each week we will journey through Scripture to understand all that God has done, and what exactly His call is for our lives today. Welcome to week 57, a Bible study week, where we examine the Scripture and its application to our lives. Lately, we've had several episodes that require us to examine ourselves and our lifestyles and compare them to how God's Word tells us to live. Now, that wasn't my intention because, honestly, I had a much different topic for each week, but that is just how God led me this month. This week, we'll continue with that same thought. But first, let me ask you a question. When you read your Bible, what is the most difficult book for you to read? For some... It's the genealogies located in the books of Chronicles and Kings. For some, it's the book of Revelation. And for others, it's the books that contain the law, which would be Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. I admit that sometimes I am guilty of feeling the desire to just skim over these books, and sometimes I think to myself, do these books even matter anymore? What truth could we possibly glean from anything in these books? Then I have to remember that of course they matter. They are God's holy and inspired word. They reveal so much about God's character and his expectations for our lives. And so I drag my feet and begin to read them. Well, interestingly enough, as we went through our Bible in a year plan, I came across some verses in the book of Leviticus that stood out. And I knew immediately that this week's podcast had to be on those verses. That shows you just how important these books can be if we allow our hearts to be open to what they reveal. But, before we dive into them, let us pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for this day. Thank you for another day of life that you've blessed us with, O Lord. We are undeserving. And we wonder day in and day out how you could choose someone like us, Lord knowing the things that we have done. Why? And that's a question only you know, Lord. Only you know the answer to that. I pray today you will speak to us. You will touch our hearts. You remind us that you hold us in your hand. and That everything, our justification, our sanctification, Lord, that's, that's all in your hands. I pray that today is a new beginning. Today is the day when you grant us a new heart. The day Today is the day when we reject that sin that we're holding on to, Lord. And whatever it is, Father, be with all those who are struggling, who need your blessing in terms of health, Lord, just physically, emotionally, and spiritually, Lord. Thank you for all that you've done for us. May your kingdom come. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Now, let's lay the groundwork here. Remember what we discussed last week. No part of scripture is out there in the void by itself. Everything is connected. So we have to understand the context of what we're reading before we can really begin to dive into the Leviticus chapter 10 that we're going to read today. In the previous chapters... God has consecrated Aaron and the Levitical priesthood. They have begun the priestly ministry and have just begun their first offering to the Lord. 
God appears to the people and a fire comes down and consumes the offering. All of the people shout and fall to their faces in a sign of worship and fear. Now that's a summary of chapters 8 and 9. As we enter into Leviticus chapter 10, things began to change a little bit. Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron and Levitical priests, perhaps got caught up in all the excitement and they take their incense and they offer it to God which he had told them not to do. God is so offended by this that he immediately consumes them with fire. According to the Amer- New American Standard Bible, God explains his actions by saying, quote, By those who come near me, I will be treated as holy, and before all the people I will be honored. End quote. We don't know exactly why the offering is so offensive to God. Some have theorized that it was because they made an offering contrary to what God has instructed them to do previously. Others have said that it was because the two brothers were drunk, which could be supported by the fact that after this happens, God speaks to Aaron and says that the priests are not to drink alcohol when they go into the tent of meeting, and it shall be that way forever. Either way, God makes it clear that he must be treated as holy. He must be set apart from everything else and he takes his worship, his glorification, and his very character seriously. When it comes to God, it's not something to take lightly. God requires all or nothing. And it's not something to play around with. Now as I've already said, after all this takes place, God speaks to Aaron beginning in verse 8 by saying that the priests are not to drink before coming into the presence of God. Then God begins to tell Aaron some more information in our verses for today. As always, we will be reading from the ESV or English Standard Version. Let us read Leviticus chapter 10, verses 10 and 11. You are to distinguish between the holy and the common, and between the unclean and the clean. And you are to teach the people of Israel all the statutes that the Lord has spoken to them by Moses. These verses are what we're going to focus on this week. Now we have to keep in mind the context, of course. But we also need to see how this applies to our lives. A context tells us that the Levitical priests from now until the end of time are not to be drunk in the presence of God so that they may be able to distinguish between what is holy and what is not. They must be able to teach the people of God to worship correctly, to revere God correctly, and to understand who He is correctly. They simply cannot do that if their minds are altered by the use of alcohol. What this reveals to us is something very important. That God is very serious about what is holy and what is not. He does not want anything watered down or twisted in any way because He has outlined the way that people should live and it must be followed to be pleasing to Him. The Levitical priests have to be able to distinguish between what is holy and And common, and I think before we go any further in our study today, we have to examine what the words holy and common refer to. The specific word here in Hebrew is kodesh. It is the word for holiness. It means to be set apart. It is sacredness. It's the same word used when Moses is in the presence of the burning bush in Exodus chapter 3 verse 5 when God says to Moses, Take your sandals off your feet. For the place in which you are standing is holy ground. It is used many times about the priesthood and their attire, as well as concerning things like the Ark of the Covenant and the Tabernacle of God. 
Meanwhile, the Hebrew word for common is chol. Now, this is very interesting. This word only appears about seven times throughout the entire Bible, with the majority occurring in the book of Ezekiel. The word for holiness, kodesh, appears around 400 or more times throughout the entirety of Scripture. Chol might not mean what we immediately think of when we hear the word common. Yes, it does mean common. In fact, it's also the same word used for san, implying how common it is. However, most of the time, it means unholy or profaneness. And profane can mean desecrating, impure, defile, or offensive. So with these words in mind, we see that the priests are supposed to be able to tell what is uh, sacred to God, what is uh, acceptable to Him, and what is pleasing to Him. They should also be able to tell what would defile Him and what would offend Him. They need to be able to distinguish between these things. Yet they do not need to be able just to know what is holy and what is not, but they need to be able to teach it too. Look at verse 11. And you are to teach the people of Israel all the statutes that the Lord has spoken to them by Moses. Now that is according to the ESV, but I think the NKJV, or New King James, captures the point of verse 11 a little bit better. It reads, And you may teach the children of Israel all the statutes which the Lord has spoken to them by the hand of Moses. It's a subtle difference here, but I think it's really important because it captures why the priests need to be able to distinguish between what is holy and what is not. They need to be able to do so so that they can teach the children of Israel all that the Lord has spoken. Remember, I said that the book of Ezekiel is where the majority of the word chol appears. Well, Ezekiel echoes this same sentiment in Ezekiel chapter 44, verse 23. In the ESV, it reads, They shall teach my people the difference between the holy and the common, and show them how to distinguish between the unclean and the clean. The priest must know the difference, so they can teach God's people. The only way to teach properly is to know the difference between fact and fiction. A good history teacher not only knows what is the truth, but also knows what is not true so they can properly teach their students. The same goes for anyone in the medical profession. A good doctor knows what is true medically and what is not true so that a doctor can properly diagnose a patient. The same principle applies to the priesthood. A good priest must know what is holy and what is not to properly teach the law of God. In this way, God is honored and glorified and his people are saved. Now, hold on just a minute. Some might say, well, this is just for the Levites. This doesn't apply to us today. Oh, really? Well, remember how in the past we have talked about the different kinds of the law, parts that were specific to the people of Israel during this time and parts that apply to every generation? This is a section that God indicates very clearly as something that goes on forever. How do I know that? Well, let's backtrack for just a second and look at Leviticus chapter 10, verse 9. Drink no wine or strong drink, you or your sons with you, when you go into the tent of meeting, lest you die. It shall be a statute forever throughout your generations. Forever is the key word. Want to know what the word means in Greek and Hebrew? 
It means forever. It means that does not change. I could understand that somebody would try to argue and say, well, it says forever throughout your generations, which could refer specifically to Aaron's generations, but you still have to do some exegetical acrobatics to get around the word forever. Remember that immediately after this, we read that the priest must be able to know what is holy and common so that they can teach the people. So from now until the end of time, a priest, a pastor, a preacher, or whatever, must maintain this commandment. Not only are they not to get drunk in the presence of God, but they are also to be able to tell the difference between what God commands is to be set apart and what is not. Now, people often don't like to talk about doctrine. They say it's too divisive. They say that it gets in the way and all they want to do is just go to church and experience the Spirit. Yet we see so very clearly from these verses that God takes worship of himself so very seriously. It must be holy and right because anything else is unacceptable to him. Doctrine, whether we like it or not, is essential because it puts the worship of God in its proper place. God's sovereignty and each of his perfect characteristics are outlined and defined by Scripture, and if we twist that or ignore it, then we're not worshiping God properly. And at that point, we've once again turned God into what we want him to be rather than what he is. It's idol worship, which is offensive to God. Now we've seen that this command is for the Levitical priests and the modern-day priesthood. Yet, there is one group of people that this applies to that we have not touched on. It's a group of people that surrounds the world and vastly outnumbers the amount of modern-day Christian priests slash pastors. It's you and I. How do I arrive at that conclusion? Well, let us examine the New Testament for a second. Turn with me to 1 Peter Chapter 2, verses 9 through 12. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh, which wage war against your soul. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable, so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. Ah, see, Peter is now talking to us as believers. He says that now we are a royal priesthood, a people chosen specifically by God. Peter says that as if to say, look back at the Old Testament. Look at the way the priests were told to conduct themselves. They were to be holy and set apart. They were to know what God's law said and they were to know what was holy and what was not. And now this is your responsibility. We can't get around this. See, Peter not only tells us that we are a royal priesthood, but he also tells us that we are to proclaim the excellencies, excellencies of him who called us out of darkness and into the light. We are to abstain from the passions of the flesh and keep our conduct honorable so people will see the good deeds produced in us by the Spirit of God and then glorify God. Now doesn't that sound too familiar to what we read in Leviticus? 
We are to teach the people what is holy and acceptable by living in a manner that glorifies God. That doesn't mean that we prevent ourselves from preaching the gospel. No, of course not. Jesus specifically tells us in Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20, And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And Behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Jesus himself tells us to go out and make disciples of all nations and baptize them. So many times we focus on these verses as a proof of the Trinitarian existence of God, or that we are supposed to evangelize, but we forget that Jesus also tells us to teach these new disciples to observe all that he has commanded them. It couldn't be more plain. Not only does the Old Testament tell us this, not only does Peter say it, but Jesus Christ himself tells us that we are to teach the people of God the things of God. The only way we can do that is if we ourselves know what is holy and acceptable and pleasing to God. What is more holy than what Jesus has told us? What God himself reveals to us through the Old Testament? Nothing is more holy than that. Scripture is the very revelation of God to us. And it's incredible how much God's holy word connects to reveal, to tell us this message. Now let me back up for just a minute, because I don't think I explained this properly. How are we to know what is holy? For that, let us go back to our original readings. Leviticus chapter 10, verse 11, reads, And you are to teach the people of Israel all the statutes that the Lord has spoken to them by Moses. We are to know what is holy, because we know what the Lord has spoken. If we do not know that, then we cannot know what is holy and what is not. This is why it's so important to read your Bible and to study it, and to study it meaningfully. Not just casually flip through it and go about your day, but to really study it. God is the only one who can open our hearts and minds so that we may know what His Word reveals. Now that may feel like a lot of responsibility. It'll be hard. In fact, how can I teach someone else to walk in the ways that God commands if I struggle to walk in His ways myself? Well, that's where God promises us something very interesting. For the sake of His name, for the sake of His holiness, God promises in Ezekiel chapter 36, verses 25 through 27, I will sprinkle clean water on you, and, I, and you shall be clean from all your uncleanness, and from all your idols I will cleanse you. And I will give you a new heart, and a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh, give you a heart of flesh and I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules so God promises to put a new heart in us and to give us his spirit so that we can walk in his statutes and be careful to obey his rules are we going to fail oh yeah for sure however because God's spirit resides in us not only do we know, do we now, rather, have some help to distinguish what is holy and what is not, but when we sin or participate in what we shouldn't, then the law of God is, is on our hearts, and that will pull and tug on us. 
It sounds the alarm bells and tells us that something's not right. This is not what God wants. This is a common, unholy, profane thing that God tells us we are to avoid. So, as we begin to wrap up this week, let us look at our lives once more and take a moment to think about two things. First, are we making the difference between the holy and the unholy in our lives? Are we choosing the holy over the unholy? Or are we ignoring everything God has said and turning him into what we want him to be, as some do, so that the unholy will be made holy? And secondly, are we able to teach what God has spoken? Remember that Moses told God that he had a problem with speaking. So God provided a way for Moses to speak to the people. If you say, well, I'm not a teacher. You don't have to be a teacher or a great preacher or a great theologian. You have to be able to know what is holy and unholy as defined by God's word. If you're doing that, then chances are you're living up to your calling as a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, and a person for his own possession. Until we meet again next Wednesday for our second episode of the Imitator series, may the Lord bless you and keep you. God bless.